Welcome to Haven Today at Christmas time. Every year still today, people make their way to the humble city of Bethlehem. Now, this year though, Christmas has been canceled at Manger Square for the first time in so many years, the place where Christ was born. Ten kilometers to the south of Jerusalem, a handful of miles, it's been a place of interest for many in their tours of the Holy Land. But with fighting between Israel and Hamas continuing, the annual visits to the humble town have taken a pause. Tourists are staying home, local families and businesses affected. One person in Bethlehem especially downcast, saying there would be no Christmas spirit in Bethlehem. This time of year can be different and difficult for many, certainly true for those directly impacted by a war. But there is hope for the hurting. The Christmas spirit is with all those who have the Holy Spirit. The Spirit gives us hope in Christ's birth, hope and joy in a world of chaos. I'm Charles Morris sharing the great story that's all about Jesus. And here on this Wednesday, we're in a series this week called The Many Names of Jesus. There's something special about knowing someone's name. It allows you to get their attention by something other than, hey, you. You might even know something about them or their family history by knowing their name. And that's why it's important to look at the many names of Jesus. By meditating on these names, we meditate on Christ himself, what he has come to do, and what it means for you and me today. Now, one of our producers sat down with her youngest to reflect on what Jesus did on Christmas Day so many years ago. So listen up right now. Let your heart be warmed. Can you tell me what your name is? Luke. And how old are you, Luke? Five. In November, something really special and cool happened. You asked Jesus into Into my heart. Why did you want to do that? Because I wanted to be in heaven. Oh, yeah? Yay! Christmas is just a couple of weeks away. What is special about Christmas? That we celebrate God's birthday. Yeah. And what has God done for you? Um... He made a special place for us. Oh, he has? Yes. Called heaven. So on Christmas, how do you plan to celebrate Jesus' birth? I'll go to church, and I can be with friends and family. Yay! Here's one more question. Mr. Charles likes to ask all of his guests this question. Are you ready? Yes. What does Jesus mean to you? That he's very special to us. Thank you, Luke. You're welcome. Thank you, Luke Ray, for joining us on the program today and to your mom, Kate. I hope you have a happy Christmas. And may you continue sharing the great story at five years old about Jesus. In a few moments, we're going to hear from an old friend of mine, Dr. Tremper Longman. But before we do, I want to help you with your Christmas shopping this year. Sending gifts to my kids and grandkids on both coasts can be challenging. Even more challenging is finding presents that are Christ-centered and will arrive before Christmas Day. Well, here's how we can help. We have two gift ideas that boldly proclaim Jesus, and we can get them to you before Christmas if you ask for expedited shipping. First, you just heard one of the grand carols from the John Rutter Christmas album, Joy to the World, an album that's been loved for many years in my home, full of carols that will lead you and those you love to worship Jesus this Christmas season. Get a CD for yourself. 
get another to share with someone you love. And second, we have the Kingdom of God Bible Storybook Set, two cloth-covered hardback books sharing Christ from all the Scripture for young and old alike. It comes in a well-made slip case, including 45 stories from the Old and New Testaments, all pointing to you-know-who. You can listen to samples from the John Rutter Christmas album and see sample pages from the Kingdom of God Bible Storybook set when you just visit us after the program at haventoday.org, haventoday.org, or call us after the program, 800-65-HAVEN, 800-65-HAVEN. Be sure and ask for expedited shipping. And just before we hear our first song, if you're in the U.S. and have a retirement program or a donor-advised fund or appreciated stocks, there may be some better ways for you to help this Christ-centered ministry. Giving has been really slow the last few months for a lot of ministries, including Haven. We could really use your help by December 31st. So after the program, go to haventoday.org, select the Give button there on our homepage, and look at other ways to give. And if you're in Canada, give us a call for your options at 800-65-HAVEN. And now, let's go to the choir of King's College, Cambridge, and Lord's Open with one of my favorite Christmas carols.
Haven today in the many names of Jesus. That's Boys Choir Christmas Carols and Hark the Herald Angels Sing, Ian Hare and the Choir of King's College. All week, we're thinking about the many names of Jesus. And today, I want us to consider a very powerful title, The Lion of the Tribe of Judah. Does this name sound regal? Maybe even mysterious? Well, I've invited Dr. Trimper Longman, he's a world-famous Hebrew scholar, to share with us the significance of this name of Christ. Trimper, welcome back to the program. Thanks very much, Charles. It's always a pleasure to be on with you. Hey, I wanted to get you to talk about the name of God that we are exploring a little bit today. It shows up in the New Testament, but of course it it begins in the Hebrew Bible. And um, you know what I'm talking about, Lion of Judah. Uh, could you just explain a little bit of that background for us? I'd be happy to, Charles. Um, and to do that, we need to turn back to Genesis 49. And Genesis 49 is at the end of Jacob's life. And at the end of Jacob's life, he confers blessings and curses on his children in a way that has uh, consequences for later history. So let me read you what he says about Judah. It's very positive. This is uh, verses 8 through 12. Judah, your brothers will praise you. You will grasp your enemies by the neck. All your relatives will bow before you. Judah, my son, is a young lion that has finished eating its prey. Like a lion, he crouches and lies down. Like a lioness who dares to rouse him, the scepter will not depart from Judah, nor the ruler's staff from his descendants, until the coming of the one to whom it belongs, the one whom all nations will honor. He ties his foal to a grapevine, the cold of his donkey to a choice vine. He washes his clothes in wine, his robes in the blood of grapes. His eyes are darker than wine, and his teeth are whiter than milk. And of course, it's that first part which it likens Judah to a lion that, uh, that the New Testament picks up on by calling him the Lion of Judah. Tremper, uh, that, of course, leads to this look forward. Uh, anytime we have these echoes of, of what will be made known to us in Jesus in the New Testament, uh, one, one of the things that you are known for in the world of biblical scholarship is this idea of the warrior theme related to Jesus. Um, could, could you just kind of spin that out for us a little bit? Sure, Charles. Um, as I said, this passage anticipates the rise of a warrior king in the tribe of Judah, and of course, its most immediate fulfillment is in David. David, whom God uses in order to defeat the last of the internal enemies of Israel, uh, completing the conquest, uh, particularly the Philistines. But of course, David himself is given a promise, and that promise is that, uh, that he will have a king, a uh, descendant who will be king on the throne forever. This is Second Samuel 7. But that's not the end of the story in the Old Testament because the prophets at the end of the Old Testament time period, prophets like Daniel in chapter 7, Zechariah in chapter 14, Malachi in chapter 4, all look forward to a coming warrior messiah, a warrior king. And of course, that breaks into the New Testament then, Tremper, and uh, 
by the time we get to Revelation 5, we find this Lion of Judah appearing again. There's that open door. And uh, you have a point that you'd like to preach on that, even though you're a Hebrew scholar? I sure do, Charles. It's fascinating because um, as you look at the use of, of the Lion of Judah in Revelation 5, uh, it goes on to describe that the Lion of Judah is also a lamb, looking as if it had been slain. And and this is something that wasn't expected, uh, that the warring Messiah would be someone who would die rather than kill. And that's the really dramatic thing that happens in the Gospels, is that Jesus comes, and he is, of course, the fulfillment of the promise of the coming warrior king, but he takes the battle in his first coming right to uh, the ultimate source of evil, namely the powers and authority, Satan and the demonic realm. And the only way that that enemy can be defeated is by dying and being raised from the dead. But of course, as we learn through reading the New Testament, is that Christ is coming a second time. And he's coming a second time as the one who's already died on the cross, and now in the second coming, he's coming to bring judgment. Uh, He is the Lion of the tribe of Judah. He's the one who's worthy to open the seals, which will bring judgment on, on evil people and will bring salvation and rescue for his people. Thanks for sharing wisdom with us from God's Word. Dr. Trimper Longman, my brother in Christ. Thank you so much, Charles. Uh, great to be with you. This is Haven Today. I'm Charles Morris. Thankful we can spend some time with my old friend, Tremper Longman. I'm looking forward to seeing him and Alice, his wife. Janet and I will be with them together next week. Now let's go back to that verse in Revelation Tremper was speaking of. To that open door in Revelation 5. Let's look again. Because what we see through that door is the hidden truth of creation. The angel said to John, look. He wanted him to see what was at the heart of the matter, the heart of the entire universe. And what did he see? He saw a throne. A throne. The world has a throne. Now that's good news. When we look around the world today and we see all the chaos, it's very good news to know that the world has a throne. That means a seat of power and authority. But what's even better news is that there's someone sitting on that throne. And the angel in Revelation told John to look, and he saw a throne and someone sitting on it. And that someone was the Lord, the one who created the world. But there was a problem. We know there's a problem. The world today is still in chaos a chaos that began at the dawn of time when we rebelled against our God and instituted self-rule, self-rule that led to chaos that still continues. In Judges, Israel had entered the promised land. They had God's law, and there was chaos. Why? Well, the narrator tells us everyone did what was right in their own eyes because there was no king. After that, David was seated on the throne. First Saul, the wrong king, And then David, the king after God's own heart, he was in the line of Judah, and he was described as the lion of Judah, except he wasn't. 
He wasn't the one who was promised way back in Genesis. Genesis 49, where it says, The scepter will not depart from Judah, nor the ruler's staff from between his feet, until he comes to whom it belongs, and the obedience of the nations is his. Judah's line would produce a line of kings, and out of that line would come the one true king, the one to whom the scepter belonged. A scepter is that ornamental staff that rulers carry, a universal symbol of royal sovereignty. Jacob saw that there was a scepter, a scepter that represented the sovereign rule, not just of one nation, but of all the world. There is a king who would rule all the nations. There is a throne at the center of everything that's been waiting since creation for the rightful ruler to come and fill it the one who was appointed by Almighty God to rule the earth. God would put a man on his throne. But that man would put everything right in the world because God would rule through him. Like Jacob said, the obedience of all the nations is his, and that was not David. David didn't fit the bill. So back to Revelation, back to that door back to the throne that John saw. We're at the crisis point of creation because no one had been found who was worthy to open the scroll. Not David, not anyone. The future of the world hanging in the balance. Revelation 5. Then I saw in the right hand of him who sat on the throne a scroll with writing on both sides and sealed with seven seals. And I saw a mighty angel proclaiming in a loud voice, Who is worthy to break the seals and open the scroll? But no one in heaven or on earth or under the earth could open the scroll or even look inside. I wept and wept because no one was found who was worthy to open the scroll or look inside. But then one of the elders said to me, Do not weep. See or look. The lion of the tribe of Judah, the root of David, has triumphed. He is able to open the scroll and its seven seals. And then I saw a lamb looking as if it had been slain, standing at the center of the throne. John saw a throne in heaven. And that's good news because it means chaos can be overcome. John also heard that the lion of the tribe of Judah had conquered. We have someone fitting to take the throne. But then we encounter a shocking twist. Did John see a mighty conquering lion? No, he saw a lamb. A lamb looking as if he had been slain. But this twist is the greatest news of all. It is good news for all the world to hear that Jesus is on that throne. That the lion of the tribe of Judah is the lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. It is such good news. Shown us in Revelation 5, John hearing the entire creation, and then there is this song of praise. You are worthy to take the scroll and to open its seals because you were slain, and with your blood you purchased for God persons from every tribe and language and people and nation. You have made them to be a kingdom and priests to serve our God and they will reign on the earth. Because of the fall into sin, everything has gone wrong. It's been going wrong ever since Genesis. 
chaos in all the lands, says people without a king. But what we see through that door in Revelation 5 is something we need to take note of today. The world has received her king again, and the throne over all the world is occupied. We have our king, and he's coming again to do away with all the sin and all the suffering and all the chaos and injustice and anything and everything that's all not right. But this king is going to remake his world. And now in the meantime, Until Jesus comes again, the lion of the tribe of Judah is chasing down his prey one by one. He's catching us one by one. And when he catches us, he makes us citizens of his new world. Just like the angel said, he has purchased men, meaning everyone, for God. He's paid the price for our sin. And when he catches us, he doesn't kill us. He doesn't judge us. No way. He takes our sin away and he gives us new life. It's his life he gives to us. We become a kingdom of priests to serve our God. The king is assembling his people one by one from every tribe and nation. He bought them with his own life. His people, his kingdom is being established in them. And when he comes again, we will reign with him in this new earth that he is preparing for us. full version of Joy to the World, John Rutter, Stephen Varco, the Cambridge Singers from the John Rutter Christmas album on Haven Today, and a program called The Many Names of Jesus. Christmas, less than two weeks away. And I said when we began, and I'll say it again, I'm trying to check off some of my gifts on my to-do list. And I know you don't want to just send something to someone else that'll be forgotten soon. You need to make sure they get it before Christmas. And why not make your gift Christ-centered that you send? And we have two ways that you can do that. First way, there is the John Rutter Christmas album. 
We just heard carols from this special album, 23 carols in all to warm your heart this Christmas and point you and others to worship Christ. And then second, we have the Kingdom of God Bible Storybook for your minimum gift to the ministry. Two cloth-covered hardback books, gold foil stamping, sharing Christ in all the scripture from both Old and New Testaments. Both books come housed in a delightful slipcase, 45 stories teaching about God's kingdom. And when you get in touch with us, be sure and let us know if you want it to get there before Christmas. Ask about expedited shipping. Then make your gift and we'll get it out right away. We're answering our phones 24-7. You can call us right now at 800-65-HAVEN, 800-65-HAVEN, or listen to samples from the music, or look at the illustrations from the books, and make your gift and ask for expedited shipping when you go right now to haventoday.org, haventoday.org. I'm Charles Morris. Thanks for joining me. Won't you come back again tomorrow when on Thursday together we'll be sharing the great story. It's all about Jesus here on Haven Today. Here for your encouragement and your walk with Jesus, I'm Charles Morris with Haven Ministries inviting you to anchor your day in God's Word. When Christ was born, the angels came singing for all the world to hear. Glory to God in the highest, and on earth peace, goodwill toward men. And not surprisingly, today we greet the birth of Jesus with singing as well. In malls and grocery stores, even on secular radio, people hear the gospel through Christmas carols like this one. Truly he taught us to love one another. His law is love, and his gospel is peace. The message of Christmas is clear. The King of Kings is born. His light pierces the darkness. He has come to set us free. Let's pray that the familiarity and sentimentality of Christmas will not obscure its message of hope in Christ. For more daily encouragement, visit GetAnchor.com.